You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. Thank you for my life. I thank you for everything you've done for me. Father, there are others who are in the hospital that are near death. But Father, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm walking. I'm free. Father, it's just by your grace. I thank you for my life. I thank you for everything you've done for us, O Lord. We can't shut on all the other in here. Can't they say? We are panda da kanda yanere me hashando senden here. Ladi ya panda kanda yanere me hesendere me kandosha. We anda na mahanda yanere kinder me ashandas. We kaushatanda ina makanda yanere. Just pray and thank God. Pray and thank God. It's just by His grace you are here. The others were on the sick bed. You are alive. Jesus, by His grace, you are here. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. Give thanks to Him. Pray, praise Him, praise His name. Bless His holy name. Because Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. That's what it says. Bless the name of the Lord, O your soul. Bless the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. Like a Rashanda Yanda, Riakanda sender the Mehenda Yanda, Rekoshanta under the Mahanda Yanda descendants, Rekanda the Mahanda Yanda and Miasanda Shaya, Rekanda Poshatana in Yasanda, Rekanda Oh, that's it, yeah. Kai, you're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Jesus Christ. The author, author said the church is about Jesus. It's a central theme about the church. And Jesus must be the central theme of your life. And if Jesus is the central theme of your life, whenever the name of Jesus is mentioned, whenever we are met in the name of Jesus, there must be excitement in your heart. For 2 a.m. this morning, I have been rejoicing in the victory of Jesus. He won the victory on the cross of Calvary. He won the victory for you. He won the victory for me. And there's cause for you and I to rejoice. Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. David, my mic is not too good. Maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about. I wish I were a teenager again. I genuinely wish I were a teenager again. 
I remember those days when I was a young boy when I got born again. Whenever I hear about Jesus, I get excited. I didn't know much, but when I hear the name Jesus, I know that he saved me. He washed me with his blood. He has given me a hope. He has given me a future. And I have victory in his name because he won the victory over the devil and over demons and over all the powers. And he has been given a name that is above every name in heaven and on the earth and beneath the earth that I can mention the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. I've been battling with myself as I sat down. I'm not too sure what I'll preach today. We'll read a lot of scriptures possibly and then we shall celebrate. But I want you to think about Jesus. Remember he went to the cross. He laid down his life that you and I may have life. We live because he lives. And he says because he lives we will overcome. Because he, was, he overcame he won the victory for us and there's cause for us to rejoice in the Lord. Come on, give the Lord another mighty shout of victory. He's the victor. 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 Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Honestly, I wish I wouldn't preach today, but I'm not too sure whether I'll preach because I have so much to say, and the time that we have, I cannot finish it, and I want to finish it in one session. So, we'll see how it goes. But there are a couple of announcements that I want to make. Um, so, we'll start off with the announcements. Um, thank you all very much for last week. Um, you people, the commander and his agents decided to do what Russia is doing in Ukraine and they took over the service. But it's alright. God bless you all. Thank you very much. I had fun. I enjoyed myself and we give glory to God for all that he has done. Now it's a little too loud. Calvary Temple is 25 years old and I hope you know. And ICGC is 38 years old. Now, I have a quiz for you. Actually, two. And this is for only teenagers. Teenagers who are members of Calvary Temple. In other words, those who are between 13 and 15 years old, not yet 16. If you are not within this bracket, you are disqualified. So, I have, I think I have about three quizzes for you. If you get it right... I have a special prize for you next week. But it also means that you have to be in church next week. Because if you get it right and you're not in church next week, you miss it. How old is Teen Chapel? If you know, stand up. And uh, Uncle Moses or one of his people give the mic out. How old is Teen Chapel? <laughs> You don't know. Wow. 
You yourself, how old are you? When you came to teen chapel, this was one of the first things that we taught you. It's important that you know your history. How old is teen chapel? Hey, nobody knows. Okay. Then I'll take my price back. So I'll give you homework. Go and find out how old teen chapel is. Are you qualified? I can't see your face. Is she qualified? No, if she's not within the age bracket, no, we will not accept it. Okay. I can't hear you. All right, clap for her. I was actually going to accept one of two answers. Because we are actually 16 years old, and on the 5th of July, we shall be 17 years old this year. So, remind me next week for your prize. Second quiz. You people call me Uncle Bijou, isn't it? How did that name come about? Even this one, the facilitators are included. How did that name come about? As a coin we celebration, a question came to mind. This is a trivia. This is not the word of God. Olivia, I want to try. Okay. This one, let's about revelation. Um, so... You are called Richard Bijudo. And I think there was already an, an Uncle Richard here first. So we decided to call you Uncle Biju. I think. I'm not sure. Incorrect. So let me tell you. When we started Teen Chapel, um, you know I'm Bijou, and many people call me wrongly Mr. Bijou, which is not correct English. You know, when you call somebody by Mr. or Mrs., you must have the same name. So, technically, I should be called Mr. Doe. But most people call me Mr. Biju. When I was working in Total, if you come there and say you're looking for Mr. Doe, they say there's no Mr. Doe here. If you say you're looking for Mr. Biju, you'll get Mr. Biju. So, we started Teen Chapel, and the facilitators and the teens were calling me Mr. Biju. And Auntie Bridget said, no, it is not correct. We have to teach you to do the right thing. It says I'm Mr. Do or Mr. Bijou Do. And I said, I didn't like any of them. Then she said, okay, then we'll call you Uncle Bijou. So that is the origin of Uncle Bijou. So Uncle Bijou originated from Teen Chapel through Auntie Bijou. You did not say it. <laughs> All right. Now we launched a habit of reading the Bible um, sometime last year. And then last two weeks, we formally launched the Bible reading challenge. And then we said that those of you who did not complete the old one should just continue where you left off. Most, uh, David is still too high and still not very well balanced. And then those of you who haven't started should start from the book of John, read through to uh, Revelation, and then join us in Genesis.
Now, some of you started reading in the old plan, got halfway, and because we learned the Bible challenge, we stopped, and then you started with us in Genesis. Please don't do that. Go back to where you left off in the New Testament. If you go to Philippians, continue from Philippians until you finish the book of Revelation, and then you start in Genesis. Okay. The essence of what we are doing is to develop a lifestyle of reading the Bible for ourselves. I was shocked yesterday at um, church workers' meeting. Incidentally, many of you were not here. More than two-thirds of you were not here at church workers' meeting yesterday. True or false? True. And then... Um, Uncle Michael was leading us, Uncle Michael, <laughs> he was leading us, and then he, he said a story that is found in Exodus, the story about the golden calf, and then he asked us, how many of us know the story about the golden calf? And nobody raised their hand. And I was like, is this ICGC? Nah. We need to read the Bible for ourselves and we need to know the stories in the Bible and we need to know where the stories are in the Bible and we need to move from that to making some of the scriptures alive and relevant to us. If you don't read it, there's no way you can know. By the way, I've given us about four spiritual instructions. How many of us are obeying them? How many of us even remember the instructions? So please move away from the time so I can watch in the time. How many of us even remember the instructions? Where's the mic? I gave four instructions. Look. Even some facilitators for God, so let me spare us. I'll remind us of the instructions. And if you know you have not been obeying them, I encourage you to start. I don't say it's by force. But if you like, do it. If you like, don't do it. The first one we started from last year, and we've been encouraging you to pray a minimum of 10 minutes in tanks every day. Minimum. So if you can even pray the minimum, there's something wrong with you. God has given you a gift and you are not using it. There's something fundamentally wrong. It means you don't even think about the Jesus that you claim you love. And you must move beyond the 10 minutes and grow in the 10 minutes. And don't copy people who pray certain styles in tongues. Tongues is not for church. Tongues is not for camp. Praying in tongues is a gift that you primarily use in your closet when you are alone. That's where you develop the gift of praying in tongues. See, when you use this gift, a lot of the questions that you ask us, you get answers directly yourself from the Holy Spirit. Number two, we've been talking about quiet. After quiet, we started talking away from children's service. You must do your quiet. How many of us did your quiet time every day this week? Lift your hands, let me see. Lift your hands boldly. You did your quiet time every day this week. Lift your hands boldly, very boldly. How many of you even received some messages from God during your quiet time this week? That one answer to yourself. Then thirdly, 
we launched the Bible reading. We say you must read three chapters every day. Some of us tried. Some of us just started. And only four of us finished the New Testament as per the 90-day plan. In addition to that, we said we were fasting every Saturday. Some of you have forgotten about that instruction altogether. You have deliberately decided to forget. And I said that in addition to the Saturday fasting, which you have forgotten, you are supposed to fast also on the day on which you were born. If you were born on Saturday, because you join all of us to fast on Saturday, pick any other day of the week and fast. Uh, how many people are doing it? One, two, three, four, five. You see, the thing about these spiritual principles is that you develop a lifestyle that changes your Christian life. That is how we were trained growing up since we got born again. And that is why we are where we are today. And I strongly encourage you to take these things seriously. There are many more instructions to follow. But if you don't do these dynasty ones, when we get to the JHS ones, you'll be lost. And please, I don't want anybody to get lost. We want to grow together. So this week, let's all make an effort to obey all the four instructions. Shall we? Your answer Christ is not confident enough. But we'll take it like that. So we said that everybody should decide how he would do his own Bible reading. If you want to read one chapter a day, fine. Our target is a minimum of three chapters a day. But if you can't do three chapters a day, at least start with one chapter a day and be consistent. Don't go below one chapter a day. Those of you who can do more, do six chapters a day. I'm glad to know that some, some of you have taken up that challenge. You have determined to read the Bible through twice every year. That is if you read six chapters a day. And if you are challenged the more, you can do ten chapters a day. But don't start off and say, I want to read one, one book every day. You can't do it. Start slowly and be consistent. Be disciplined. Is it clear? Hey, is it clear? And shall we do it? In addition to Calvary Temple Bible reading challenge, the head office is coming up with a Bible challenge. And this will be a quiz. And there are various levels of the quiz. The slogan is, my Bible, my life. There will be different levels of quizzes. There will be the first of all, the church level, where we do our church. And in Calvary Temple, next month, we are going to do a quiz. And it is not by department. Everybody will be involved. And there will be huge prizes. And beyond the church level, we have the area level. And then from the area level, the winners will move to the district level. And the winners of the district levels will move to the regional level. And then the winners from the regional level will move to the national level. And I tell you, the prizes are good. And it's not because of the prizes, but you need to know the Bible for ourselves. So we encourage you to, to read, read, and to read. In Calvary Temple next month, our quiz will be based on Genesis, 
Exodus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts. So all of us, whether you started late or you started early, we shall all be using these books for the quiz. And throughout the quizzes, the book that will be used is the version that will be used is a new international version. So let's all get used, used to using the new international version Bible. Okay? Now, when you move beyond the church level to the area level on where the books are increased, we'll give you more detail about this maybe sometime after our local uh, church quiz. All right. So, this morning, I want to see if I, I'm not too sure if I can finish. Uh, 40 minutes, I doubt, but we'll see. We'll be reading a lot of scriptures today. I'll attempt to introduce the fall of Satan and the other worlds. Uncle Solo is doing that duty, sir. What happened to the choir? Why, you couldn't sing the song? Uh, or you didn't, couldn't learn the song? Eh? The what? What are you saying? You learnt an instrumental thing. The instrumentals weren't sure. The dancers weren't sure. Okay. Next week, we shall do it again. And then the following week, we'll do it again until the whole church does it together. Because, who said A? A chorister said A. You see, I want us to live a life excited about the victory of Jesus. You know, when Jesus sent the disciples out to go and practice how to cast out demons, to go and practice how to preach, and to go and practice how to heal in his name, they came back rejoicing. I want you to rejoice. Ah, that reminds me, I left the, the four, I knew that there was another quiz I wanted to ask. Let me ask that quiz. Why are we studying about demons? If you take your answer, raise your hand. Why are we studying about demons? Why did I say we are studying about demons? Wow. Nobody. Asamu. You may not find it in your notes because I'm not sure you wrote it. But I said it. I said it more than twice. Why are we studying about demons? Hey, I want to do something a little dangerous. So, will any facilitator help us? Please get it correct too. <laughs> Why are we studying about demons? No facilitator is bold enough to answer. Olivia, why are we studying about demons? Demons are 
teaching assistant. Our only teaching assistant. Next week, I'll ask you the same question again. And the week after, I'll ask you the same question again. Yeah, studying about demons because... Raise your voice. <laughs> yeah. We are studying about demons because he wants us to know the... Um, not just about, like... Know the realities on the ground, the fact that demons are real, they are on earth, and how to not be afraid. And also, not just about demons, but, like, about the whole spiritual aspects of life. And death, life after death, and the heavens, and yes. I don't know the like reason, reason, but I know the around the surrounding reasons. Yes. You don't know whether to clap or not to clap. Eh? Why are you clapping? <laughs> if, I, if I were a lecturer, I'll give you a little under 40%. Please listen carefully. I'm going to say it again. All she said is correct. And it's only the introduction to the main reason why we are studying. Yes, we are studying to know, we are studying to understand the spiritual world that we live in, which is around us. The Bible says we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against spirits. So we need to know who these spirits are. But beyond the knowledge, when the teacher is teaching in process, it means I want to say something important. Jesus Christ has given us a commission to go into the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. And make disciples. This is the reason why we are alive. That is why we are learning about demons. We are learning about demons that will preach Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, will cast them out of people, will heal the sick, and will raise the dead and make disciples. Should I say it again? Ah. So what were you hearing? No, no, I won't say it again. I said it twice already. We started this series and we talked about the fact that John chapter, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 18. Who can tell us what is there? People, do you read your notes? And you don't listen to the podcast too. You don't even discuss the message among yourselves. Okay, open it in. Let's read. Don't project it. Open it to your own Bibles and let's read. And I understand why the Holy Spirit was challenging me not to preach today. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Nobody knows what is there. And I said it was a memory verse. Acts 
Some of you are opening your phones. You write anything now. Next week, you forget. Someone lift up your hand and read it out for us. Or let's all read it together. Are we there? Ready? You are not there. You say yes. Acts 10, verse 38. Ready? Go. this church? Are you sure? Were you in Uncle Seth's class and you graduated to Teen Chapel and you come to church without Bible, without pen, without notebook and you are sitting in front too? Don't do that again, okay? What's your name? So all of us are memorizing this verse for next week. Okay? I have to take my time and go very slowly. Luke chapter 10, verse 18 and 19, the second memory verse. I've already told this is not new. Who knows what is there? If you know, raise your hand, let me see. Only one person. This is not Teen Chapel. Wow. Next week, I'm coming with Kane. If I ask her, you don't know trouble. After the disciples went out and did the practicals and they came back, and they gave the report to Jesus. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you power to thread on serpents and on scorpions and on every power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven. That's why we did the song that we did today. And I wanted the choir to sing and the choreographers to dance and the whole church to learn. And next week, we'll all do it together. If I don't get excited about Jesus. Jesus has won victory for you. He has given you power over demons. He has given you power over all the powers of the enemy. You don't need to be afraid of them. They cannot hurt you. If you stay in the word, if you remember the cross, if you cover yourself with the blood, if you put on the helmet of salvation, if you do what he's asked you to do, tell other people about Jesus. He says, behold, I am with you. I won't leave you. I will not forsake you. I will give you victory.
if I'm not able to finish, and I know I won't finish today, next week I may finish, and then the second part of the service, and possibly the next one, we'll have an interactive service. I will not preach, but some of you will come and discuss all that we've been talking about. Is that okay? So it means you must learn your scriptures, you must read it, and you must be ready to talk. You must talk to your friends also about Jesus. It's very important. You must make sure you pray, think about Jesus, and be excited about him before you come to church. You must do praise and worship in your hearts before you come to church. Don't come to church to and wait for the choruses to lead you to do praise and worship. Are you with me? Do you agree with me? Or you are rebelling against what I'm saying? I'm going to be teaching a lot of old school songs and hymns. Old school choruses and hymns. Because those are some of the foundations of charismatic churches, including ICGC, and we seem to have lost them. We cannot lose them. We need to go back. How many of you know this song? In the word of God, there is power. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. How many of us know that song? Only one. Only Uncle Wilhelm. This is what I'm talking about. Uncle Wilhelm, come and join me teach the, all of us. We are going to sing right now. And choruses, please come up. You'll be the first to pick it because you are singers. So come and line behind the mics. knows it and she doesn't want to sing come up it is it is a war song it's a war song it's the kind of songs that we use when we are going into spiritual warfare and must learn to sing such songs in your closet when the devil is troubling you, get angry and remember that there's power in the word of God. That's why you must read the word and know the word. But we'll start off slowly because they don't know it. It's very simple. By the time we sing it twice, everybody has picked it. Because it's only one syllable song. In the word of God, there is power. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In the word of God, there is power. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. should be singing by now. In the word of God, there is power. Drums, hold on. This is not the beat. Every knee shall bow. Everybody sing. In the word of God, there is power. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In the word of God, I 
can't hear you. If I don't hear you, come on stage. the bit now. In the word of God, there is power at the name of Jesus. First time, every shall bow. In the word of God, shall rise on our faith. There is power at the name of Jesus. Every shall bow. In the word of God, there is power at the name of Jesus. Every shall bow. Thank you very much. <laughs> take your seats. Thank you, Corsas. Please take your seats. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and behold, I give you power to tread over serpents and over scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. You don't need to be afraid of demons. You don't need to be afraid of witchcraft. You don't need to be afraid of the occult. Don't be afraid. Jesus says, fear not. He's always with us. And we need to live in this revelation. We need to meditate on Jesus Christ. He is our life. In him we move and live and have our being. You see, we become afraid when we don't know. We become afraid when we don't read his word, word and we don't know who we are in Christ. So let's read. Let's know. Let's meditate. Let's sing songs like this. Let's remember the cross. The cross. The cross. That is why we are. The Lamb of God that was slain. He gives us victory in him. We have been reading these scriptures over and over again. And we want to read it again this morning. And maybe that is where we may end for today. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 3. And those of you, you see, if you have not been going over your notes, you may not catch some of the things I wanted to catch this morning. What I want to really share with you in this part of the series is about heaven and hell. And I think you have heard enough about heaven, even though I haven't talked too much about it. 
you've heard about the new Jerusalem and you've heard about heaven. The new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem which comes out of the throne of God. I hope you are beginning to understand some of the things that may have happened millions of years ago, possibly billions of years ago, which science sometimes tries to challenge us and the Bible on issues to do with the like dinosaurs and um, the ice age and stuff like that. In fact, somebody asked me a question during the week and I was a little amused. He asked me this question. And I don't know the source of that question, but he asked me a question. So, Uncle Bijou, did Noah ever see any dinosaur? Scripture doesn't say that. So, we cannot say that Noah saw dinosaurs or he experienced dinosaurs. It looks like, again, this is not Bible, it's just my projection that dinosaurs may have existed long before God destroyed the earth when he shut off the sun and plunged the whole earth into the ice age. If you are a science, science bias person and you are interested in these things, you can take it. If not, just, just, just take the word of God as it is. There are some things in scripture that are in plain sight but sometimes you read and you don't see. That's why we are going over these scriptures again. We have read it about two or three times here already. But I want us to look at it again this morning. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 3. It shall come to pass in the day the Lord gives you rest from your sorrow and from your fear and hard bondage. We have been living in fear. Some people live in fear. Fear has always been with us. And the reason why fear comes up all is because of that devil. Somebody asked me a question. I think we'll answer that in about the next three or four series after we have had our discussion and then we do the next session. That when did the devil when when did the, the devil become Satan? All those names are his titles. He, he's all of them. He's Lucifer, he's the devil, he's Satan, he's the, the Asian serpent. He's a, he's a deceiver. He has plenty of names, all from scripture. Anyway, it shall come to pass in the day the Lord gives you rest from your sorrow and from your fear and hard bondage in which you were made to serve. So some people were living in fear and they were living in hard bondage. That you would take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how the oppressor has seized, the golden city seized. So the scripture is talking about somebody who used to oppress people and a certain golden city that existed, and that golden city was no more. Like the way some of your children will be reading about Ukraine, and how Ukraine was uh, demolished and they, they rebuilt again. You see, today we're reading history about Germany. Uh, some of us don't even know about East, Eastern Germany and Western Germany, that they were, they were divided. But today you have one Germany, and it's a very strong European country, and they are not interested in war. Because of what they experienced. Same with Japan. They, they have been bombed before. They don't want another bomb. Verse 4. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked. The scepter of the rulers. 
He struck the people in wrath with a continual stroke. He who ruled the nations in anger is, is persecuted and no one hinders. The scripture is talking about someone who was a ruler and God struck that person in his wrath with continual strokes. And that person ruled the nations in anger. That person is now is persecuted and no one can stop what God was doing. They break forth into singing. Some of these uh, prophetic words are difficult to understand, isn't it? Uh, so don't worry, just take it as it's difficult, but you just want to see a few things there. Indeed, the cypress trees rejoice over you and the cedars of Lebanon saying, since you were cut down, no woodman has come up against us. The scripture is not talking about trees. He's talking about what God did. Those wicked rulers that God raised uh, 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 his continuous rod and struck them and the golden city seized and the oppressor seized. He said that he was like a, a cedar in Lebanon but he has been cut down and since he was cut down nobody comes up against us. Hell, Sheol, from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you, all the chief ones of the earth. Some of us are getting confused, right? It's okay to be confused. If you have Christ confused, not in his head. But don't be confused. Scripture is saying, and this Isaiah seeing uh, seen some revelation. Say, hell beneath is excited about you to meet you when you were coming to hell. He's talking about that same person that God was talking about in the earlier verses that we read, who was oppressing the people that God began to pour out his wrath upon. He has raised up, he has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. They shall speak and say, have you also become as weak as we are? Some beings were addressing, possibly they might have been in hell, and they were addressing this wicked ruler who had been welcomed into hell, who had been cut down like a cedar tree. And these beings were saying, have you also become as weak as we are? Have you become like us? Your pump is brought down to shield, and the sound of your stringed instruments... You see, when you read things like this, what does it remind you of? Stringed instruments. What does it remind you of? Yeah. Pardon? The harp. Okay, the harp, fine. But he's saying that the sound of your string instruments, is somewhat, in other words, this string instrument is related to somebody. And who do we know in scripture was with string instruments? Satan, Lucifer. We read about this about two, three weeks ago, isn't it? So this scripture is actually talking about, about Satan. The maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. How have you fallen? Now it makes sense to us. How have you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? You who weakened the nations. 
For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And God says, no way. I will also sit in the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. This tells us that there was an organized structure. Organizations. I don't want to call them churches. But congregants, as it were. And he says that he wasn't satisfied. He wasn't satisfied with justice. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And as I said, yet you shall be brought down to show to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? Who did not open the house of his prisoners? The devil had a lot of power. He had a lot of authority. He had a lot of control. He was a ruler. He, he was in court like a priest, as we see from some of the scriptures. He was a trader. He was a commercial person. And he, he, he was wicked to people. He ruled the nations with a hard hand. We cannot understand all that went on in those days. But that was the structure before he fell. When he began to say that, I will arise and take up the throne of the Most High. I will be like him. God said, that is your end. He used to, kingdoms used to tremble at his presence. But when he was brought low, the people looked at him and said, ah, now you have become as us. How can you become like us? Am I confusing you? Some of you say I'm confused. Some of you say no. Some of you are not sure whether you're getting confused or not. Don't get too confused. Why don't you go and read it again and read it again and let the Holy Spirit minister to you? Because the essence of this series is not just for you to have knowledge, but to equip you to know what you are dealing with, but to know that you have power over them in the name of Jesus Christ. Go out, challenge, and determine to tell other people about Jesus. And you don't be afraid of demons. When you see them, when you meet them, you cast them out. You ask me, how do you meet them? We'll get to know soon. We meet them every day, but sometimes we are not even aware. Ezekiel chapter 28. Moreover, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation of the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were an aid in the garden of God. Describing again the, the, the uh, Lucifer. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamond, burial onions, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and your pipes were prepared for you on the day that you were created. It was created in beauty, in majesty, in glory, and lots of music. You were the anointed cherub who covers. In fact, Lucifer is the only angel that appears to stand in two authorities. He's described as a cherub and he's also described as anointed. He's the only cherub in the Bible, the only angel in the Bible who is referred to as anointed. And that title is used only of Jesus. 
And that tells us the level of his power, authority, and anointing before he fell. No other pride rose up in him. That's why I encourage us to be careful. When the Lord gives us, when we are highly talented, we must be careful that we are not carried away by our giftings, our talents, and our abilities and what we can do. We must remember that we are human and we are what we are by the grace of God. We give him all glory for everything he does through us. If God has given you a wonderful voice, don't be proud of that voice. Just thank God every day that he has blessed you with that voice. If he has made you a fresh boy, praise God that he has made you a fresh boy. Don't be walking around showing everybody. You are not saying it, but by your demeanor and the way you carry yourself, you are showing everybody that you are proud that you are a fresh boy. Be careful. By the abundance of your trading, what was the devil trading in? You became filled with violence within. Like Putin. Nobody go, should go and say, I said Putin is in the Bible. Oh. I didn't say that. It's just a joke. You became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You were corrupted. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that you might, they may gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries. Lucifer has sanctuaries. And because of pride, he defiled them by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Don't let's go into the details of that. But there was some trading. And there was some doing some wrong trading. Kalabuli started from there. Whatever it means, I don't know. But the Bible talks, describes the iniquity of Lucifer's trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. The very power that you had that was within you, God brought fire out of that fire from within you and destroyed you. That's what the devil, that's what God did to the devil. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror. And you shall no more, you shall be no more forever. So we see, we see clearly the fall of Satan. So we should not be afraid of Satan. We should not be afraid of the devil. We should not be afraid of any of his agents. Are you with me? When I was a young Christian, I used to be afraid of evil spirits a lot. I used to fear them until I began to understand from scripture what I was in Christ. It's not surprising that some of us are still afraid. It's because you don't know the word of God and you don't know who you are in Christ. The more you read about who you are in Christ and you understand who you are, 
you begin to rejoice like Ron Kinole, that I saw Satan fall, just like Jesus proclaimed. I saw Satan fall. And Jesus says, I have given you power over every power of his. You can walk over them and they will not hurt you. Go out and cast them out of people and get them free. Get them reconciled to God. Help them to deal with their sin and be forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our privileged position is that from the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. You see, after all this destruction had taken place, after God had recreated the world, and he recreated Eden, and he made the stars and the seas, separated the waters from the waters, caused land to rise up, and caused life to come back onto the earth, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. It's a privilege we made in the image of God. And that's who we are. We were created in his image. Let them have dominion over the, fi- the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. God created us to have dominion. God's plan for us to, is to be in control to be in authority, to be on top of things. That is his desire for us. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. The Bible tells that God created Adam. Verse 27, we are told that God created him. And then he says that male and female created he them. You see, when Adam was created, Adam was created just like God. You know, God is neither male or female. In our culture, we some of our local cultures understand some of these things a little better. In the Ghan, for in Ghan, for example, we, we, we talk about Ata Na Nyumbo, you know, Father, Mother, God. God is both male and female. He's neither male nor female. And that is the way he created Adam. When he created Adam, Eve was in Adam. So Adam, though we know him as male, he was male, female. Don't get confused. Okay. I'm just trying to throw a little more light on the scripture. Bible says, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over all the fowl of the air. And the reap which God had taken I think I missed something here. Okay. But when God created Adam, later we know the story. God said it's not good for man to be alone. And then he took the rib, he made Adam to sleep, and then took the rib out of Adam because the woman was in Adam. He took that rib and formed a woman and presented the woman to Adam. The Bible says he rib, he molded or he formed a woman, just like how he formed Adam out of clay and presented. Um, the woman to Adam. 
In Genesis chapter 5, we read about the generations of Adam. The Bible says, in the day that God created man in the likeness of God, he made him. Male and female, again, he says, he created them and blessed them and called them Adam. Is it clearer to you now? God created male and female. Male and female, he created them and he called them Adam. He called their name Adam. So, God's creation was originally male and female together. The female was in the man. Don't let's go too much into those details, but I just want you to understand this from the scripture. So when you're reading it, you don't get confused and come back asking a lot more questions. We all know the story about uh, Genesis chapter 3 and what happened in Genesis chapter 3. I wish we could have read the whole chapter. But since we are reading the book of Genesis, many of us would have read the story about how Adam and Eve fell and the process they went through and how they were cursed, the earth was cursed on, the, on their behalf and things took a different turn. You see, today, when you, when you look at, when you read about um, the story of Adam and Eve and the garden, and then you compare it with what is in the world today, it doesn't make sense until you understand the Genesis story of what happened to Adam and Eve. Do you agree with me? Hey, so why are so many heads bowed down? Are you sleeping on me? Are you tired? Are you bored? God created the world. He recreated the world beautiful. He created Adam in his image, full of glory, in his likeness, and all that. And yet, because of sin, they took on a new nature. They became slaves to the devil, and the world has become what it is, and today we have Putin attacking Ukraine. That's why we have so, many, so much sin, so much wickedness, so much war, so much disease, and so on. In the same way, that's what happened to the earlier world that existed. It was beautiful. God created all things beautiful until the devil decided that he will arise and be like God. God punished him. God destroyed the earth and, and, and the things that existed then, and then he recreated the world, and then still we have spoiled the world again. Let me tell you this. One of the things that... You want to ask a question? Uh, please write your question down and give it to me. We'll look at it next week, okay? One of the things that confuses me and scares me a little. Should I scare you? No. Uh, no, but you, you will not be scared. It's just scripture. But it is, it is alarming, at least for me, when I read in Revelation, Jesus talks about when, when Jesus comes again, the devil will be released. Okay? And the Bible says you'll be released for a thousand years. Have you read that? Does it not confuse you? It doesn't confuse you. Me, you confuse me. And I got a little scared, but my protection is that God will keep me. If the devil is troubling us in this world today, right now, 
And we, we survive. And we survive and we are raptured. And then we are with Jesus for a thousand years and he's ruling over us. And the devil is released again to come and cause trouble again. It scares me a little. But the good news is that even though it's not written in scripture, God, if we remain in him, he will keep us and he will protect us. So we know the story about um, what happened uh, in Genesis chapter 3 and then the um, man fell. Next week, we'll not come back to these scriptures, but we'll begin to look at the strategic plan of the devil. How he planned to thwart God's intentions for mankind. And God's plan for the devil and all his host of agents. And then we'll see that we talk about heaven and hell. And we often talk about how God created the heavens, isn't it? But we don't talk about how God created the hells. I will show you next week that hell is plural. There are different types of hell. And even in hell, there are chambers in hell. There are levels in hell. But this is just for theological knowledge. I mean, it doesn't really change anything. What we should remember is that we have been bought with the blood of Jesus. God's power protects us. In the name of Jesus, we have salvation. And he will never leave us or forsake us. The devil is falling. Jesus said he saw him fall like lightning. And there's power in the word of God. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. When we call upon Jesus and he saves us, he holds us and he keeps us to the very end. And he has an assignment for us to tell other people who don't know him to also come. He's calling out every day to those who are lost. You may be in this room, you may, be have, you may have been coming to church Sunday after Sunday. This may be your first time, this may be your second time, this may be your third time. I don't know what it is with you. But if you are not sure of your relationship with God, I want you to be certain about your relationship with God this morning. You see, when you are sure about your relationship with him, you have peace in your heart. You know that if anything happens to you right now, God forbid that any of us should die now. Uh, but the truth is that you cannot die at any time. We pray that we live long, but nobody knows when we will die. But we must be ready for death. We can be confident that we will be with Jesus. We will not go to hell. We will go to heaven. Because we are called by his name. If you don't have this assurance this morning, if you are not certain 
or even as I'm talking now, you are even afraid. You are afraid of hell. Because something is telling you that you end up there. Because you don't know Jesus. You are not sure whether you know Jesus. You are not sure whether you are born again or not. I want to make sure that you are sure. If that is your position. While we all begin to pray, we'll be taking the communion this morning. And I want you to take this communion of meaning. Every eye closed, please. Everybody pray about his or her own life. If you are not sure about your relationship with Jesus and you want to be sure, you want to be certain, you want to go to heaven with me when you die or when Jesus comes, I want you to lift up your hand. If you are not sure, you want to be sure. If you are not sure you are born again, you want to be certain without any shadow of doubt. I want you to lift up your hand. You want to know that you have Jesus. You want to know that your sins have been forgiven. Don't be shy about it. Lift up your hand. This is a matter of life and death. It's an issue between you alone and God alone. Now for those of you who have lifted up your hand, don't be shy. I want you to rise up and walk towards me. Don't be shy. Rise up and walk towards me. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. You want to be sure that you will go to heaven when you die. Some of you lifted up your hands, but you're still sitting down. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. It's as if there's a force telling you, don't go. Rebuild the force in the name of Jesus. Jesus is calling us. He's calling us to life. He's calling us to a new life. He wants you to be sure of your salvation. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Don't be shy. You have been coming to church every day. You sing in the choir, intercessor, but you're not sure. It's better to be doubly sure. There was a time that I spoke to some pastors and they were not born again. It is not about holding a microphone. It's not about standing before people. It's about your relationship with Jesus. Is there anybody else? I want you to say this prayer after me a minute and let it be your own prayer. And let the prayer come from your heart. And mean every word that you say. My God, I thank you for this morning. Say it after me. My God, I thank you for this morning. I don't understand everything. I know that I'm a sinner. I come to ICGC. My friends are here. My parents are here. But I don't know you. I want to know you. Please receive me. 
forgive my sin of rebellion against you. Jesus, I call upon your name. Wash me with your blood and make me a child of God. In Jesus' name. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these ones that have taken a bold step to come towards you and to make a commitment to you. Some of them have been in church for years, but they are not certain about their stand and relationship with you. The word says, those who come to you, you will know why it's cast out. Lord, give them that assurance that they are saved. Let them know according to the scriptures that they have been washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. That the old things have passed away and everything has become new. Thank you, Father, for what you do in their lives. I take authority over every spirit that is working negatively in their lives. Every ancestral hold over their lives. Every spirit that controls their mind in the name of Jesus. I bring every work to an end today. And our spirit of the living God brood afresh in their lives. Speak to them. Let them know of this newness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's clap onto the Lord. The Bible says there's rejoicing. Don't go here. Don't go here. Just, just a minute before you go. Uncle Nicholas, please take them and take their names and we'll do a proper follow-up with them. We may not be able to chat with you one-on-one -on -one now, but we'll try and do so during the week. So we can help you to understand the decision that you have made and the next steps that you need to take. Okay? So please go to Uncle Nicholas at the park. And Auntie Melody will help you take the, your details and then we shall continue with you later on. Okay. Please share the elements. We want to take the communion this morning. communion is a sacrament that Jesus Christ himself instituted. This started in the Old Testament when God saved Israel out of Egypt. He asked them to kill a lamb and smear the blood over their doorposts and make unleavened bread and eat with the lamb at midnight. The angel of death will come by and anyone who has the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, the angel of death will pass by. And when Jesus Christ came, before he left, he had a last supper with his disciples. And he took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. What was started in the New Old Testament, I am the reality of it.
my body was broken for you. And after they had eaten, he took the cup again. Please serve me. After they had eaten, he took the cup. Thank you. Of the wine and he said, This cup is the cup of the New Testament, the new covenant that I enter into you with you by my blood. When you are covered with the blood, the angel of death, the demons of death, the demons of destruction, difficulties of this earth shall not touch you. I will keep you. I will protect you. I would help you to go through the difficulties of life. In this world you have persecution, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Has everybody been saved? Before you take it, if you are not sure of your... Maybe you stole some meat yesterday night and you haven't confessed to God. Please make sure you deal with that first. eh? In your heart, you know that you are you are doing some things which are not right. Just ask God to forgive you. Close your eyes and just ask God to forgive you. If there's any sin that comes to your mind, ask God to forgive you. The Bible says we must examine ourselves before we take the communion. Don't just take it because we say we should take it. It's for those who are born again and who are walking in the spirit, who are reading the word, who are having fellowship with him. Thank you, Lord. body of the Lord which was broken for you. Shall we all eat the bread together? After that he took the cup and said is a cup of the New Testament in my name. Drink ye all of it and do it as often as you do in remembrance of me. Throughout this week, I want us to reflect on the cross of Jesus Christ. Think about what Jesus did on the cross. Think about how he was beaten and how his blood was shed for you. That is what gives us salvation. That is what gives us hope in life. That is what strengthens us. And that's what keeps and protects us. Meditate on these things and please read the scriptures and talk to God. Talk to God about things that you don't understand. Write your questions down. If if you think that you don't get you don't get the answers from God, write them down and give it to any of the facilitators, and we definitely would help you. Amen. Father, I commit us to this week. May your face continually reflect upon our lives. 
may your word become alive to us as we spend time with you in reading may we spend time with you in our quiet times make time to talk with you about everything that concerns us and may we have a good week may we have a blessed week may we have a week of rejoicing may we have a week of victory may there be no fear because you say we should fear not may we walk in victory from victory to victory increasing on all sides increasing academically increasing in our mind increasing spiritually increasing in every sphere of life in the name of jesus we bless you we give you glory in the name of jesus amen amen let's clap onto the lord uncle solo thank you for listening god bless you